Please turn your Bible to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, beginning with verse 29. And we'll uh, get a chance to study some words uh, that describe the first Palm Sunday. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem in fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy to cheering crowds that were all singing and waving palm branches and saying, Hosanna to King Jesus. It was a parade of jubilation and celebration. So you would think that because Jesus was the focal point of this uh, celebration, that this day, Palm Sunday, would be just a day that Jesus smiled, just laughed. You would think that uh, Palm Sunday was a day when Jesus was, was just all light and totally unburdened. But according to the Bible, Palm Sunday was a day when Jesus cried. And if you follow Jesus, you will want to know what is moving him to tears. You especially will want to know because it's possible that Jesus weeps for you today. Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 29. As Jesus approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, Jesus replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. In verse 41, we're told that Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem. Why did Jesus weep? Well, the answer comes in the very next verse where Jesus says through his tears, if you had only known on this day what would bring you peace. 
Now, Jesus wasn't weeping over a geographical place. No, Jesus was weeping for real people who didn't know true peace because they were blinded by a false peace. The people of Jerusalem had this false sense of security because they trusted in the external walls built around them. But Jesus could see ahead to a day when their false peace would fail them. Jesus wept because he could see how completely their external walls would fail. Jesus could see that wall dismantled with not one stone left on top of the other. An image that would actually become historical fact in a very short time. Jesus could see the human devastation resulting from their trust in external walls. He could see how their false peace was lulling them into a false security that prevented them from pursuing true peace and true security. Jesus cries out, if only you would open your eyes and see me on this day when I come to you offering you true peace. If only you could see what I can see. If only you could see what was ahead. You would turn from your false peace and you would turn to me. What about you? Does Jesus weep for you? Jesus weeps today if you are living in a false peace instead of the true peace that only Jesus offers. Jesus weeps for you if you're relying on external things to give you peace instead of relying on an internal relationship with God through Jesus. So let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk about uh, the missing piece in your life. Let's talk about the fact that where true peace could be in your life, there is instead agonizing about your finances, aggravating over your taxes, worrying about your children, stressing about your job, distressing about your marriage, anger over your divorce, fear that you'll never get married, agitation over school, uh, unease about your friendships, tension with your family relationships, irritation with your neighbor's dog, concern about your retirement, insecurity about your future, anxiety over your health, and most of all, aggravation with me. Because I'm reminding you of all the things that you have to be stressed about today. Well, aggravating people is one of my gifts. So I'm happy to share it with you in order to help you see that there's a missing piece. There's a missing piece in your life. But there is a solution to this puzzle. There's a solution to this puzzle found in the words of Jesus on Palm Sunday. On Palm Sunday, Jesus teaches that true peace comes only from a peace-giving relationship with God. 
There is only one source of true peace. But there are many sources of false peace in this world. Just like the people of Jerusalem found false peace in their external walls, uh, most people today find false peace in a wide variety of external props. Uh, Most people think of peace in terms of externals in their life. Uh, Peace is when the external circumstances in my life are under control. When all my external relationships are calm. When all my external comforts are in place. When all my external desires are being satisfied. Then I have peace. But this is a false peace. Because it's flimsy. It's fickle. And you can lose it so easily. The false peace based on externals made Jesus weep. Because he sees ahead. And he sees how quickly it disappears. And so it goes for me. If my so-called peace is dependent on external calm in my relationships, it's a false peace. Because all one person needs to do is just squint at me in a certain way and my peace explodes in a blast of insecurity. If my so-called peace is dependent on having all my external comforts in place, it's a false peace. Because just a change in the weather or the change in the economy and my peace, poof, is gone. If my peace depends on the arrangement of external factors, then what I have is a false peace. And Jesus weeps for me. Jesus weeps because that false peace is no peace. And he wants me to have a true peace that only he can offer and that no one can take away. And that no circumstance can destroy. But Jesus says that there's only one way to this true peace. I must stop trying to find peace in my externals and in the external things of my life and start finding peace internally in a true relationship with him. In the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 14, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Now, when Jesus says that he gives a peace unlike the world, he is contrasting false peace and his true peace. Jesus is saying that the world's definition of peace is an absence. It is the absence of conflict. The absence of negative consequences or negative circumstances. It is the absence. uh, Therefore, the world's peace is a false peace. But Jesus says, the peace I give is much better. My peace is not an absence. It is a presence. Without Jesus, the best you can have is a false peace defined by the absence of negative circumstances. With Jesus, you can have a true peace 
even in the midst of negative circumstances. In fact, in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So, if I'm a Christ follower, Jesus here gives me a double promise. Jesus promises to give me true peace, and Jesus promises that I'm going to need it. And Jesus promises that I will, I will have trouble. But Jesus also promises that if I follow him, I can experience true peace that triumphs over external troubles. But notice that there is a condition here. Jesus says, you can only have this peace in me. That is, peace is found only in Jesus. And peace goes only to those who are in Jesus. Jesus gives his kind of peace only to his followers. Which means that I will only experience true peace when I consider Jesus my unquestioned leader in my life. I can't go two directions at the same time. I can't order my life so that I find my day-to-day security uh, in uh, money and material things and uh, outward circumstances and other external walls. But then, when things get really rough, then try to find my peace in God. I can't go two directions at the same time. That's why Jesus is weeping. Jesus saw people trusting in external walls who would realize one day that those external walls provided a false peace when it was too late. Recently, I met with a a man who was upset with God, saying, Jesus promises to give me peace, but I don't have any of that peace. I mean, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I don't have any of this peace. Uh, My heart's a mess of fears and anxieties and stress. And so we talked about uh, the truth that God's peace promise is the result of making Jesus the leader of my life. And as we talked, it was clear that he was not letting Christ lead his heart at all. Greed was leading his heart. He was letting anger lead his heart. He was letting people-pleasing lead his heart. He was letting selfish desires lead his heart. He wasn't experiencing the true peace of Christ because he was not being truly led by Christ. Maybe this explains the missing piece in your life and how you will only find the true peace of Christ when you get serious about really following Jesus and his words. The true peace of Jesus is a promise that comes as the result of a lifestyle of truly following Jesus and his word. 
as your first resort, not as your last resort. Well, I've tried everything else I can do to get peace and nothing else works, so I guess we'll have to turn to Jesus. The Bible teacher D.L. Moody uh, used to say that there are two types of Christ followers. There are first-class believers and there are second-class believers. Those who travel second-class say, Whenever I'm afraid, I put my trust in God. But that's second-class. Those who travel first-class say, I put my trust in God, so I am not afraid. Do you see the difference? See, this may explain the missing piece in your life. You've been going second class. Going second class means you turn to God for peace after After your external walls come crumbling down and after you've done everything you can to build them up again. This is finding true peace too late. And it makes Jesus weep for you. Today, right now, it's the perfect opportunity for you to decide to bump yourself up to first class. Going first class means that you find your peace in Jesus before the external walls come down, not after. You know, going first class means that you are finding your missing peace through a lifestyle of really following Jesus day by day in the midst of good times and bad times. And in many ways, baptism is the act of declaring your intention to go first class in this life. Today, it's our joy here at Black Rock Fairfield to witness the baptisms of those who have decided to go first class by following Jesus and finding in Him their missing piece. How about you? Why don't today, you make the day, you go first class and find the missing piece.